These are lines tossed off by presidents, politicians, masters of technology and industry, and they're all running around saying, we have to have innovation, we have to win the future or own the future. When you think about this in the abstract, it doesn't mean anything, because how can you ever own the future, right? right. The future keeps coming, <laughs> and it can't be owned. On the other hand, there is an actual meaning that we're seeing in society. So the need to make this concrete is becoming more evident. And what actually is happening is we are fundamentally restructuring the institutions that make up our society and our culture in order to win the future or own the future or get to the future first. So when you look at education, when you look at government, when you look at how we organize the labor force, we see that all these things are being restructured to privilege this idea of owning the future. And the idea of owning the future essentially is that we need to constantly disrupt the present through technology in order to put the elements in play that will allow us to to have a, a kind of total technological control of the time to come. Yeah. This idea of disrupting the present is really evident in education. Schools are teaching mm. the future. For example, USC opened a new program just last year, I believe, 2014, with the slogan, the degree is in disruption. What's going on in education? In the book, I devote a whole chapter to education because it really is a nexus where you can see how all this is playing out. So what we have is reordering of the, the education system to privilege getting to the future first. Everyone is coming up with new degrees which teach some variation on coding, entrepreneurship, and innovation. At the same time, we have a complete collapse of study in the humanities, underfunded, trying to kind of slowly diminish these programs. A great example is at Stanford, where the main degree is by far the computer science degree. And at Stanford, you have 45% of the faculty still teaching the humanities, but only 15% of the students take their classes. Wow. So you can see where this is going, right? Yeah. <laughs> when these tenured professors retire, you can't really imagine them being replaced when no one's taking their classes. <laughs> and of course, Stanford's a very rich university, and, and this is being reflected all over the U.S., where there are schools that are actually either canceling parts of their humanities programs, or they're trying to redo them. So for instance, at Brigham Young University in Utah, they renamed their entire humanities department Humanities Plus, hmm. <laughs> shades of, of Google Plus. And in the Humanities Plus department, yeah, you, okay, you study a little English, a little, little history, a little philosophy, but more importantly, you partner up with the business students and you, you come up with innovations. Yeah. As you say, there's this whole paradox here in this future-first education model, because education is traditionally a field that transmits past knowledge, things that have already happened. And now education is trying more and more to teach not what we already know, this body of common knowledge and history, but what we don't know. It's, it's like students are attending Nostradamus High. What do you make of this? I find it tremendously sad and kind of anti-human that we want to erase the past and focus squarely on the future. And the future is purely a technological thing. You know, it's the turn of a switch. It's AI and robots and downloading our brains into 
computers and living in virtual lives. The past is old and boring and human. The future is new and exciting and not human. It's profoundly anti-human. You know, the other factor, of course, is that there's the sense that the past won't help you get a job. And this is what really pulls the students, the schools, and the government funders all together in the same direction, is this belief that the students, there's no jobs for them if they just simply learn how to think about things. Uh, They have to learn how how to be innovative and create as Google put an ad for a product manager out there, and, and it said they're looking for someone who can bring innovative, world-changing products to market. So that's, that's the skill you need. You know, and to ask our young people, to ask anyone really, can you bring world-changing products to market? Uh, you know, like, yeah. there's a reason we have an epidemic of mental illness. In-